The Vuck are still undefeated, but Zinedine Machach is well and truly confirmed as Sydney's daddy. Welcome back to another week of FVS. It's just the two of us this week. Clucky, you look like a man who is ready to down about 12 pints this coming Saturday. Uh, I can see the uh, excitement and anticipation in your face. Uh, some little event that uh, this podcast is putting on this Saturday, which we'll talk about soon. But other than that excitement, mate, what's been happening in your life? Not a great deal, mate. Just settling into the to the year pretty much now. It's It's been a good month back at work or so now, and it's, it's just back to normal. Um, yeah, as you said in the intro, Dave, we're still undefeated, but um, that's starting to wear a little bit thin on me. Um, I'm mm. sure we'll dive into that as as we go. Um, but apart from that, I am well, and um, I am very excited for this coming week for the uh, yes. FES Patreon event. It's good. it's sure to be a cracker. It, it will be. It absolutely will be. Uh, hopefully, the result is more than a draw. Uh, on the, uh, <laughs> Positive side of that ledger, um, mate. Uh, and this one goes out to all the bucks who had kids either starting school today or tomorrow or going back to school. As someone that has two little ones, uh, I cannot wait to see the back of them. Uh, and <laughs> cannot wait. Uh, and I know Budza, who couldn't be with us tonight, his little one started school today. So well done to the little one there. And all the other bucks listening uh, regarding momentous uh, occasion, whether it's the first day or you know, the hundredth the, the day or the three hundredth day, whatever it might be, uh, big big occasion. Also, a big big occasion is this podcast tonight. Uh, we're going to run through the double header against Sydney. We're going to run through a former Vuck as well, transferring to another A League club. Stick around to hear who that is. And yeah, I think. That's probably most of the football orientated stuff. A few little rejiggings of the schedule for us as a club for February, which we'll unpack for you all. But I think most of our loyal listeners want to hear about this event. It's a Patreon event. Uh, we are a podcast that survives purely from our listeners. Our listeners donate hard-earned cash to keep us afloat, to keep all the things on, the lights on, as they say, uh, you mm -hmm. know, equipment, hosting, uh, all the different software that we use and all these regular bills that keep piling up for us that our listeners help. And we've had two new ones arrive this week. A big warm welcome to Jafar Rachidi and Jono who have joined the ranks of the biggest and best Australian football supporting community, Clarky. Tell our listeners what to expect. Now, it's sold out, so there's no. if you haven't already got your ticket, you, you'll be having some FOMO. But, Clarky, uh, unravel it. Tell everyone what's going to be happening and what potential big prizes might be on offer. 
Yeah, that's it, Dave. Well, this is our, our second time we've done a, a Patreon exclusive event for a Melbourne Victory Away Day, sort of a watch along of sorts. Um, just a little event that we can give back to all our patrons. As you said, Dave, like this, this show doesn't go on without the listeners and the people that contribute to, to help keeps keep the lights on so we just give a little bit back so we are sold out we are at capacity down at local brewing co this saturday for the game against the newcastle jets so all those lucky patreons that have a ticket they will have uh free drinks on us from 5 p.m till the conclusion of the the game against the Newcastle Jets, uh, just as a thank you. And as also just a bit of a community building exercise. Um, you know, we've got a ton of people on the Discord, but we have a lot of Patreons that that probably aren't on the Discord. So this is a great way to mingle and, and grow the community. And if you're a Patreon and you've missed out on a ticket, it, you can still come down to Local Brewing Co. and and hang out with all the other, the, the wax there. You just won't get a drink on us, unfortunately, because we've had to cap that. Um, but yeah, it should be a ripper of a day. Last time at the uh, Terminus Hotel was was a ripping day, uh, regardless of the result, which was a nil-nil against Brisbane Raw. Um, <laughs> it's in the peak of us drawing and 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 losing <laughs> as well. So yeah, and uh, being a man up, mate. Like, yeah, the, the, I know. This, this so hopefully, this isn't a curse. Red cards. <laughs> oh, is this the new FES curse? Like, first it was yeah. introducing new signings. Now it's a way to it's a Patreon event curse. No, 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 look, it should still be a great day. So very much looking forward to it. Yeah, we've got some prizes. So we've got some signed shirts, which are very exciting. So there'll be door prizes for the people there. We've got free yeah. uh, beer prizes as well. Um, so plenty too. So for those that have missed out this time around, don't worry. We will likely do another one next season. So just keep your eyes peeled. And um should be a ripping day at Local Brewing Co. It absolutely should be. I can't wait to get there. Uh, I've never actually been to the brew pub there. I've knocked over countless buck draft tinnies in my time since they first became a thing, uh, and I look forward to uh, indulging there uh, come Saturday. All right, let's get this show underway. Choose a formation and keep it tight. Use that with all both left and right. Sydney FC doubleheader, Amy Park will deal with the, the men's game first. Um, this was an interesting one on many levels. The icon experiment was over. Uh, when you saw the team sheet, Clarky, uh, I'm sure you were wondering how it would work with Nishan Valupale uh, leading the line, Falami out wide. And of course, Teague came back in, which was a wonderful addition. And so for me, I think I like to think that this was our strongest possible lineup in the absence of Bruno Fornaroli. Mm. And obviously we talked at length about Machach owning Sydney FC in our previous two <laughs> encounters with that club this season. Strangely enough, we've played them three times now, haven't played other mobs yet. Uh, Ridiculous. Explain explain that one. But the key takeaway here, and I alluded to this in the introduction, um, we've had some fortune, and I don't mean this that we've had luck or, you know, um, 
bad decisions go our way. I mean, we have had a man advantage now uh, in a couple of games, the, the the two most recent ones indeed, and there was another one uh, earlier in the season uh, where Patrick Wood sent off in the first half and the, the theme that I mentioned, we just can't seem to break down teams despite having this man advantage. What do you put this down to, Clarkie? Jeez, I, I don't know. Um, because this has happened not just under Tony Popovich. <laughs> this is a, this is a this is a problem that's plagued Melbourne Victory for for a number of years, really. But um, honestly, I think in the Tony Popovich era, I, I think you can point to one thing, which was a major criticism of of Tony's team, probably since he took since he took over, and that's the Victory's inability to break down teams that sit in a low block that don't look to to push a high line to just look to absorb and hit because even at our best um that's been a problem and then whilst you you know historically in football you'll look at a numbers advantage and go right this is great for our team we'll stretch and we'll tire them out we'll make the advantage count when the Tony Popovich led side you you kind of cringe and go oh Jesus they're just gonna <laughs> sit back and it just We've got great players that can unlock defences, but they need the space in front of them or behind that defensive line mm. to be effective. Yeah. We, even with a new, even with new central midfielders, more progressive passing from the central midfield. I don't know. We just seem to slow down, and it's almost like this. Let's just hang on to the ball, and like we'll eventually wear them down. Like there's not a lot of dare now. I'll say that with a caveat that I think in this game we we had tons of chances and I think you look at Sydney's performance and I loathe to give them any sort of praise but they they defended pretty resolutely um, in the face of adversity. I, I kind of look at them and go, if that was the VAC, if we had gone to Sydney and been a man down in in co- controversial circumstances and and defended like that and gotten away with a draw, I'd be chest puffed out oh, um, fuck yeah. yeah i'd be absolutely. up and about so i think the, unfortunately some credit has to go to sydney um, oh, yeah. but it doesn't help that this is not the first time this season it's happened so that narrative doesn't really fly to me and i want to go back to um what you said at the start about the team sheet now this might be slightly controversial and it comes from a very low bar but i think that chris economides hasn't been too bad in that central striking role for a bloke who's not a I striker. Agree. I yep. think he's played a bit more of a selfless role and looked to bring in people. Now, the relationship between Chris Economides and the fans is dead. Like, I don't know what could bring that back. So I, I don't expect a lot of people to agree and say, you know, because we've wasted a lot of time and money on him. Um, but I don't know. I think if you look at the game objectively, uh, this game with with Nish up top, and you look maybe the the previous couple of weeks with um, Icon up top. I think Icon provides a more functional um, solution. Uh, it, it's a hiding to nowhere at the moment for the likes of Icon, Nish, and even Ben Falami. None of them are suited to that, um, and I think it's it's a hiding to nothing in a bunch of different ways. People are done with Icon and Nish is a young guy just trying to make his way and and Falami looks to have maybe stalled a little bit. And so, you know, whoever goes there 
is going to have a hard time, I think, in, mm. in the eyes of a lot of the Vux. Um, and that's not a bad thing because we should be demanding more of our players. And I think this this herein lies the problem is that these attacking players that we've we've so you know waxed lyrical about, look how good they'd be if they all start firing. Well, feels like they need Bruno to do something because outside of Machach, there's there's not really goals that you can count on with too much regularity from anyone else. And that's a problem if you want to go deep in this league. And I, I do want to go deep in this league. Tony Popovich wants to go deep in this league, but I want to go deep on this topic a little bit more. I see it kind of on, on, on two levels here. There's the football tactical dimension to it and the way Popovich sets us up, right? He's always been traditionally known as a reactive football manager. And for fans wondering what I'm referring to there, it's that we prefer to be the ones sort of playing direct football, hanging back a little and beating teams with pace, moving the ball quickly and efficiently in that manner. And that kind of makes it's it's a difficult style to execute when obviously teams are camped back you've mm. just sort of touched on that but then there's the, the psychological element to all of this that i think exists as well we are even though we've had some serious down seasons we are seen to be the big club in the league we are the club that every other team wants to beat and I mm-hmm. think that sort of filters down in, in a mentality perspective with the club. You know, you, we are a man up, we can do this, and it just doesn't come to fruition. Now, this is just right now, you know, January 2024, point in time how we're kind of seeing the landscape. And, and But now there's enough evidence, there's enough uh, by way of, results and scenarios that have accumulated over a period of time to kind of put that as a viable theory. Now, Bruno Fornaroli, we put all of our eggs in the Bruno Fornaroli basket. And at the start of this season, we called that out as, you know, if he goes down, I don't think any of us predicted that he would get a Socceroos call up and be having the form of his life at the start of the season and well done to him. And hopefully he gets more game time over there in, in Qatar, but you know, it's exposed something and, you know, we saw Khalifi make his debut and, and all of that. And I understand that was probably a pragmatic signing uh, visa spot available and so on. Um, But yeah, I just kind of feel like, it's a, there's this gaping hole <laughs> in in the squad, but look, we can't dwell on it too much because ultimately we haven't lost Clarkie, and even with Bruno away now for what is it four games now that he hasn't yeah. been, or is it yeah four games? So we're obviously the 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 supply has run a little bit dry, but we're still hanging in there, and now I think we actually have a couple of good games ahead that. You know, you should consider us to be favourites. So let's get back to the game though, mate. So the the first goal, the way I saw it un, un, 
unfold. I really thought it was fortuitous. At the beginning of it, it looked a bit like a a set piece sort of training ground exercise uh, because Bratton scuffed the volley and, you know, obviously the plan didn't come to fruition in the way that he would have liked. But due to the way the ball fell with positioning and bodies everywhere, it just made it easy for Courtney Perkins. It dropped nicely for him. And honestly, it was just bad luck, really, their, their goal. Would you agree? Yeah, look, it's it's not a great start. But again, in, a, in a, what was likely to be for Sydney a backs against the wall kind of performance, um, you love those scrappy opening goals um, as Sydney FC. Um, but um, the one thing I will say is I, I know we've probably been hard up of goals um, in the absence of Bruno Fornaroli, but when that went in at 10 minutes, I, I wasn't concerned. I was just like, we'll at very least get one back. Like we've got too much quality even without Bruno to not score at least one goal at home against Sydney FC. Because uh, look, let's face it, they're not very good. Um, it felt like that on the on the on the terraces, you know, it, it, and and thankfully we didn't have to wait long. <laughs> no, well, I mean, also you say about feeling like that on the terrace. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Mm. Um, My I goodness. unfortunately could not go, um, but on TV it looked and sounded incredible. It looked look. It's not quite back to to days of yore, um, but it was one of the the best crowds I've seen for a non-Melbourne Derby game in a regular season at Amy Park in a number of years. Um, What was it like being there? Because even the South End looked fuller than it's been in in five, six, seven years. Yeah, and and I made that comment before, during and after. Uh, It wasn't, you know, sardines up the back there where we usually stand, but... It was the fullest I've seen it in, oh, I want to say, three to four years, you know, pre-COVID, um, yep. possibly even before that because even sort of before COVID, we were having some... Dips. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they, it was a bit getting a bit tight up there <laughs> and, and you know, lots of uh, old heads that made their journey back. And I think, it, you know, I, I talked about this on the podcast last week. It's like the perfect occasion. It's a public holiday. It's a Friday. You've got the whole week ahead, weekend ahead of you. It's a double header. You get this feast of football perfect weather as well mm-hmm. that helped and you know the the, the pints were flowing pre-game and and afterwards of as course. well um yeah and the south end was loud and i i gotta say you know partly also due to uh, sydney fc's strong uh attendance and quite vocal performance uh, as a terrace themselves yep. and that anyone who's been in the south end from when it was formed in in you know in season one knows that part of what the south end is all about is reacting to traveling fans and the banter and the back and forth uh you know the theater that that can ensue yeah. uh, at football and the south end was back to its its finest in a long long time <laughs> and it was joyous oh brilliant well um we should go back to talking about on field because you did mention um, that we didn't have to go. We weren't behind for too long because 
Sydney, seven minutes. Sydney's daddy, the big dick stud himself, he's done it again against Sydney. And he's done it again with another little, another little deft chip um, to beat the keeper. What a superstar. Like yeah. we must simply re-sign him. Every week that we don't re-sign him, I start to get more anxious. Like yeah. I saw enough three weeks ago, like sign him up. So just just make it happen, Melbourne Victory. Like he looks mm. happy. He looks happy. We had that little puff piece there where he went to Minotaur Ooh, the other yeah. week. Um, looks like he's he's settled well outside, and he looks like he's enjoying his football. Now we know that that could change, but you've got to strike while the iron is hot. And for a bloke that seems to have kicked around to a lot of places, um, he looks goddamn happy. And what he also does is he looks happy to score against Sydney. Like he celebrated his other goals, but I think he understands what it is to stick it up those Smurf pricks. Like I think he gets it. I think we saw, you know, an atmosphere and a vibe. I think Khalifi had talked about it post game as well. Um, that the A League as a whole hasn't really experienced lately uh, outside of the derbies, really. And I know Sydney and Melbourne is essentially a derby from a tradition standpoint, but those same city uh, experiences in Sydney and Melbourne have been the only ones to kind of get that 15 plus thousand type numbers where there is a cauldron type atmosphere. The North Terrace were a wall of noise. South End, as we've touched on, was incredible. And the the reaction to the equaliser was just otherworldly. Uh, and look, aspects of it had a similar quality to the Sydney goal, apart from it um, being a dead ball in, in, in Sydney's scenario. But the, the, the cross that came in, it was a good overlapping run on the left, Traore and Falami combining there. The ball that came through just sort of half volleyed into the Sydney defence, didn't quite get into a zone for us, but the way it fell to Machach, he still had a lot of work to do. So it wasn't a tap in like Courtney Perkins yeah, and his effort, but he still had to be crafty and get he it past Redmayne. So Redmayne was coming for him. He makes it look so easy. You you say crafty, but there was there's like craftiness and there's a bit of strength. Like we've said, he's he's you know he's he's so he's strong, but he's so you know the velvet sledgehammer. He's he's so strong, but he's so light on his feet. He's just his his key attributes are, are devastating for this league because we've seen a lot of like very crafty, astute, you know, um, technically gifted, um, you know. Players come from overseas and they, yeah. and, and they struggle a little bit with the physicality. And I know it's it can be seen as a bit of an old, tired trope, but the A-League is a physical league. Things, yep. It is a physical league. I've watched it for, for 20 years at this point. It's a physical league. And oh, he's got the strength. And if not, he's got more. Like, blokes bounce off him. It's it's a devastating combination of attributes that he has. Um, and, and yeah, you're yep. right. He had so much to do, um, and he does it where he seems like he has more time than anybody else. Like Redmayne's coming, and he just doesn't panic. He just chips it over. He is a sublime footballer. 
Like yeah. it's in, yeah. But um, so Patrick, Patrick Wood, Patrick Wood <laughs> getting sent off. We were right Patrick on the Wood, same yeah. idea, Dave. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, like we we've already gone ad nauseum regarding the, uh, I guess. I don't want to say inability. You know, maybe it's more impotence uh, against ten men that we're we're seeing, and you know, it's it's almost a curse. I think I messaged you uh, from the terrace when you know, it's <laughs> like if you're ever going to play a side uh, and you're ten men, you want it to be Melbourne Victory, and and like I I had the thought to me, it's surely not again. This time we're going to put a side away with this amount of time having an extra player on the pitch, uh, but we couldn't. Now, it looked a a red to me, um, no doubt. Uh, Plenty of Sydney fans, including the Sydney Twitter account, Clark. I I didn't catch much of this, but... uh, uh, that account not known for sort of just sticking to sticking to the ob- objective uh, facts and news and and so on. Get I mean, look, you expect it to be parochial, uh, hmm. but uh, <laughs> it went a bit over the line. Do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the disdain was palpable over the course of twelve, eleven, twelve tweets made for a game. Look. You expect maybe a, an admin to post one or two and have a little snarky quip, but twelve posts referencing it across the game is um is a bit much, and, and that's one of the main reasons why um a lot of people said oh unlucky I'll allow it that's a hilariously good red card because fuck them fuck the Smurfs like <laughs> is it is it is it unlucky uh, uh, it's not for me to say. What you have done, Patrick Wood, is you've given this shit show of a refereeing stable and VAR a decision to make. Um, so, you know, is he unlucky? Maybe on a day he is. But you put yourself in a position where where VAR is going to scrutinise it and make it look maybe worse than it is, and then you're going to call over a ref to re-referee it. You're, you're asking for it. So uh, you roll the dice, you play the game, um, you talk shit, you get hit. Like he put himself in a position. Mm. So I have very little sympathy for them. Um, Cause if we want to talk about refereeing decisions and rubber the green, and this is me putting my full Vuck, full Vuck kick wanker on at the moment. Um, there has never been a team in the A-League that has benefited more from shitty, dodgy refereeing decisions or decisions by governance um, in Thank the entire you. history On of this off league. the park, so they you can have absolutely been the get fucked, Sydney, and and you can do <laughs> one. You can absolutely do one. So yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we ho- I mean, look, we, we can probably like, the rest of the game was a, a case of us obviously dominating the ball and not being able to put it away. I mean, I feel like that's been the podcast the last few weeks where we kind of have to sort of lament and 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 wonder about the combinations of personnel and, you know, what what can be the icebreaker, what can be the game changer in this situation. And I think we still just have to remain in a positive frame of mind because yeah. we have still built a foundation this season that looks formidable. And look, the 
table. Now, Wellington are on top, but we actually have the same amount of wins as City who are in sixth and Sydney who are in seventh. Our goal difference, though, Clarkie, best in the league. Best in the league. So this is what I mean by foundation. I think defensively things are reasonably solid. There's been good plug-and-play contributors. You know, Chapman we've talked about, but the likes of Negro have come in as well, played a role. Franco Lino, I uh, think that there's there's enough there to be confident about moving forward. We just need Bruno back. Um, <laughs> I know. We just need and hope a, nothing just happens our, to him over there. Uh, <laughs> we just need our 36 year old savior to come back in in one piece and not tired. That's 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 all we ask. But yeah, if you yeah. had said to me at the start of this season that Bruno Fornaroli, we're going to lose our striker to an Asian Cup call up. Um, and we won't have him for, you know, four odd weeks. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, but he's been a, he's been a massive loss. But also if you'd have said to me, um, you know, you won't lose four of those games or maybe five if, if we don't, you know, lose this coming week, then I'd probably have taken it. Obviously there's some context around it that the expectation of us has built and that we, as a fan group, we know that we are better than last year and we expect to win. Um, but yeah, you can't be too upset, but something needs to change soon. We need to find something from somewhere because say it's another two games without Bruno. We need to get a win in one of those ones. We need to get another yeah. win. Yeah. We, we just have to. Um, because it's, it's not just about like the platform is great. I absolutely understand that, but Winning is breeds confidence and, you know, Bruno can come back, but if the rest of the team is a little bit tired, a little bit jaded from missed opportunities, because let's face it, like we've played all right, we've got the result, but the frustrating thing from fans and for footballers is they know, they'd look it back at Sydney and just look at the missed opportunities. That's the theme. Like each one of these draws we should have won. It wasn't like, oh, we were lucky for a draw there. We were in the driving seat for all of them in some way, yeah. and we and, didn't and seal the deal. Every single person at the club would know that um, watching the game unfold. Anyone who knows anything about football, you know, the, the, the man advantage thing is a big deal when it's for a significant period of time like it has been in those two games uh, where we've shared the points. But speaking of points and awards, and we'll move to the Max Steel Balls of Steel because uh, things have developed here again. Uh, Clarky, I'm going to get you to run through the votes for this game, but then also the leaderboard after, what is it, 14 or 13 rounds. Yeah, so we've had a little bit of movement, but this week, three votes goes to our big dick stud. Uh, Two votes goes to Jake Brimmer and one vote to Daniel Arzani. So that leaderboard now is looking with Machach, seven points in front of his nearest um, on 20. Damian De Silva on 13 votes. Um, Damian De Silva. Well done, yep. Damien De Silva. 
Yep, we'll just we'll just make clear. Damian De Silva, we'll just say mm-hmm. that there. There's only one De Silva Damien. for the Melbourne victory. It's Damian. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, then we've got Bruno and Teague on 10. Azani moves up to nine votes as Paul Izzo. Then we've got Nish on five, Geria and Brimmer on three, and then a bunch of dudes. Uh, Traore, Negro, Monge, and Miranda on one. So the big dick stud way out in front. Um, 10 off Bruno now with a couple more games. So till Need he Bruno comes to back. Lift, mate. So. Three votes. I know he's been injured, um, but he's back fit now. I want to see a steady rise uh, from, you know, we're basically at the halfway point of the season. Yep. It's Brimmer time. Uh, we got to get that midfield humming along nicely. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll take a break. FVS. Hi, it's Daniel Azani, Mon the Vuck. The Vuck Clarky in the curtain razor. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You combine those two results, you get yourself a little Desmond. But yep. uh, shared spoils across both the men's and women's. Uh, but one player just can't stop scoring right now. Absolutely, she cannot. Rachel Lowe scored again, so now that's eight goals in 14 games since joining the WAC. And um, this one would have been a nice one. Um, well, it was a nice one for me. Um, it's always nice to see a, a WAC score against Sydney, but it's also nice to see when they have come from Sydney FC. So I'm sure she enjoyed that, and I'm sure the Wux and the Vux enjoyed that. Um, yeah, as you said, Dave, a 1-1, so the same score as the blokes, but um, a vastly different game in its its complexion. Um, this this had the Wux on the back foot for most of the game. Uh, this was a, almost a complete role reversal without a sending off. Sydney FC largely battered. Uh, the 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 Wack goal face, but could not find um, a goal to break the deadlock after they opened the scoring within ten minutes. Yeah. Um, so they would have come out of this game extremely frustrated. That's it's not quite what the Wack need. The Wack need to start winning, given that they are um, sitting in eighth position and um, now a full sort of game outside of the top four. But in the context of form lines, um, that's a that's a plucky that's a plucky result for a team that has been struggling and has been leaking goals as well against a very good Sydney FC side. So they I need agree. wins from here on in. But you take that, um, you sport the party. We so. flagged it last week, didn't we? Like we talked about the numerous talents uh, in that Sydney FC women's side. And I think, a, you know, considering the way the game panned out, a pretty good result to, to share the spoils in that situation. All right, let's move on to other matters. Now, there have been some rescheduled A-League fixtures that affect the VAC. So uh, get your calendars out and... Be prepared for a Tuesday night game. Uh, that's an interesting one. Our game against Western United uh, will now be held on Tuesday, the 20th of February. Uh, and it results in us having a very busy week, Clarkie. It's three games 
in eight days, thankfully all in Melbourne, all yeah. at Amy Park. So there's the 17th of February against City, which I believe is another away derby. Correct. Uh, and in the yeah, that Western United game is sandwiched between uh, that City game and then uh, the 25th of February, I think a Sunday afternoon game against the Central Coast Mariners. Mm. So I guess <laughs> City obviously always a, a tough proposition, particularly the, the Derby situation. Central Coast's form has been excellent as well. Western United, not so much this season. Garbage. So it's Garbage. It's we'll say for what it is. In Victoria, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's not ideal to have the games as thick and fast as that, but yep. it's all in Melbourne. And, I've, you know, there's, there's a lot of upheaval at CFG, Melbourne branch, uh, this season. I believe Jimmy Jago uh, is rumoured to be joining, or has he already joined? So that's going to bolster their squad a little. That's a shame about Jimmy Jago because uh, we'll see. Back in I don't the think day, it's been announced he was yet, he was it? our boy. Hey, I don't think it's been announced yet. I could be wrong. Who knows? At the time of recording, they might announce it while we're recording. But uh, yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah, as you said. Um, so that Woo game, that Western United game, is the rescheduling because of Unite Round. So look, it's it's not ideal, but next year I assume there will be some change. This was a sort of a a quick pivot because obviously the grand final decision was reversed. Uh, so I think you know all teams have to deal with with this kind of thing um, with another fixture. Um, but yeah, the the bookends of this three game runner are very tricky games. Um, so look, it's not ideal, but as you said, we're in Melbourne, so look, we'll see how we go. Um, yeah, but yeah. look, I would rather this than another grand final. So I, you know, I don't like to pay the APL too many props, but um, if if a three game stretch in eight days to make up for a unite round, which is in replacement of the grand final decision, then I'm willing to take that that bullet for, for this season, really. So it yeah. is what it is. But, um, yeah, look, tough one. I, I don't know. what We're probably going to have to record on a, a Wednesday night, Dave, given that we usually do Tuesday nights. And we'll, But uh, so there'll be some logistical challenges for us as well. Um, yeah, I think so. And, look, I, as you said, in relation to the APL and, and it being hard to give credit, um, one topic that's kind of been annoying for people, not just this week, but the week just gone, is the overall scheduling of games overlapping fixtures. So we saw a bit of that on the weekend just gone. And this coming weekend, yeah, our game uh, has a game on, yeah, so we're on at six, but there's another game starting at five before ours. So both will be on at the same time. And then... Yeah. There's another game starting, uh, I think, at 7 p.m., the, probably the Channel 10 uh, marquee game for the Saturday night, the 3rd of February. And I was, you know, scratching my head as to, you know, why I'm thinking, oh, I'll go on a rant about this, another thing, they've fucked up <laughs> another thing. And then I just kind of 
sat there and thought about it for a while and I think I can understand it from it's from a weather perspective. It's that time of the year mm. um, where in our league where the heat gets extreme. You can't have early games and you still have to fit in every single fixture somehow yeah. in the evenings. So, and, you know, these these games have people that support them from the networking and broadcasting perspective and all of these factors kind of lead me to, as annoying as it is, I think that's the reason. That's just me hmm. thinking out loud. I think you have to factor in player welfare. Mm-hmm. It We've had kind of a cooler summer and lots of rain, but I think February, March, April this year is still going to be really hot, and that's the back end of this season. So we do have to consider the welfare of the men and the women uh, as the season yep. progresses. So it's just uh, my TED talk on that. Um, But Clarkie, speaking of a place where it gets hot, uh, up north, Brisbane, they've signed a Vuck legend, Marco Rojas, today. So the 30th of January, if you're listening to this, uh, the day or two after, there's put ink to paper on a short-term deal so he'll play out the rest of this season at the Raw and already people are talking about it just being a short-term thing before he fucks off to Auckland for the new franchise next season. Mm. I want to hear your thoughts on on the Marco Rojas joining another club situation. I'm just glad it's not one of the, you know, it's not City, it's not Sydney. Um, he can go over there and hopefully do some damage to the uh, other clubs contending for the title, mate. Yeah, it's look, it's an interesting one. And and I say this with all the sort of the admiration and love for Marco because I'm an unashamed Marco Rojas fanboy since day dot. I was an early adopter. As soon as he came to the VAC, I was all about him and he, he wasn't great in that first season, um, but then he came good. Um it's yeah i i hope he he hope he goes well it it stings a little bit but there's not a ton of fomo because i wouldn't have wanted to dip back into the marco rojas well for a fourth time um my my view is that i'm happy i'm happy to take a take a loan punt on someone like salim khalifi um as maybe this is a, a try before you buy then go back to 32-year-old Marco Rojas for a fourth time. That's not to say that I I actually genuinely hope that he goes well. I hope his body is all right. He hasn't played a lot of football. Um, and I, I genuinely hope he does well um, because Marco is, was an asset to the league. Um, but, yeah, it's a funny one. It Yeah, a lot of the talk is now, oh, it's – um. It's a sort of a, a bit of a, a holding, gets on fitness before joining Auckland. I was convinced when these rumours came out that he was going to sign a two-year deal. Um, I, I really didn't think that Marco would be looking to to go back to New Zealand. I know he's got a lot of roots here in Australia, especially in Melbourne. I think he owns properties here and he's got some family, etc. that I think has come over. Uh, 
So, so this surprises me that it potentially does look like a stepping stone to a marquee spot or a, at least a, a high-profile signing of Auckland, um, which... Maybe, yeah. There's a lot of chatterbot about that. He's 33, 34 by the time they come around and he hasn't been the most sort of reliable with his body in the last couple of years. So, yeah, I don't think a marquee, but you never know in this league. But um, the the good thing, Clarkie, is that we actually play Brisbane twice uh, before the season ends. Yep. And Marco will make his return to Amy Park on Saturday, the 20th of April. Um, and I have absolutely no doubt he will be clapped uh, right up there or yep. more than any other sort of returning player for another club. I'm just trying to think of scenarios, and it's a good exercise for our listeners to get mm. back to us via socials or the, on the Discord, you know, the players that have come back and have received rapturous ovations, you know, like they, they, there's a, only a handful. Like there's been some where it's like, oh, they've come back and, you know, like, I mean, Terry Antonis has sort of wrecked it. Um, <laughs> Costa, uh, wrecked Costa's it. wrecked it. Um, yeah, look, okay. Get on to us, uh, listeners, around that and, and give us your opinions on those that have come back. I think Marco will will be the most adored mm. upon return. I think, I think uh, Bess. I think Bess is definitely up there. Yeah, so he's um, another one that, you know, there there was not a hint of booing. Carlos. Or, you know. Yeah. Oh, geez, I, I forgot Carlos. Carlos went off to, to um, Welly, didn't he? Guy Finkler Ooh. as well. I think as well is probably one. But, um, yeah, look, I think it helps Marco, as you alluded to, that he didn't go to CFG or he didn't go to to Sydney um, FC. Um, I think what also helps is that he hasn't gone directly from the VUC to an A-League side. He had that little little period there in, in Chile and went to, to Colo Colo and sort of lived out that sort of little um, childhood dream there. So... Him sort of coming back after sort of being away for a little bit there is is not as rough as when you you cross town rival when you join a cross town mm. rival or something you know you do a you do a Milos Ninkovic and then when you retire you talk about how Western Sydney was the greatest part of your career. <laughs> um, oh, Jeez, I know that, this is a podcast, but that was great. A spoiling that was absolutely beautiful, and to see see the Smurfs just squirm in the comments over that was just beautiful. Like, bravo, Milos, bravo. What did, like, what, what, a lot of people wouldn't have seen it or heard of it because they only follow the VAC, but uh, Milos Ninkovic uh, announced his retirement on socials today, I think it was, or was it yesterday? And, yeah, <laughs> it referred to the fact that Western Sydney, uh, you know, was the club that, what, what was the word? used uh not rescued but you know uh 
yeah, his look, moment, um, most most memorable or most yeah, cherished. Just the, way in which, just the way in which he said it, you know, he says like, you know, I I had nowhere to go, and like you rescued me, and I was able to yeah. continue in it in in Sydney, in the city that I love, and I, like I will always be forever grateful to this club, and and he wants to like continue to work with the club in retirement, and it's just it's just kick after kick to Sydney in the nuts. It's it's absolutely beautiful, like. It's it's four D it's the four D chess of pettiness and as a petty <laughs> fucking man myself, I fucking drank it up from Milos. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> oh dear oh dear, yeah. That's enough talking about those pricks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Fuck. Let let yeah. let's let's move. We love on. you, Marco. Go well. Yeah, That's, look, I just all the say best, that, Marco like, Rojas, uh, up there in Brisbane. Actually, I think that they play Wellington this weekend. Uh, so it'd be nice if Bris- with a Brisbane having like a competent winger. Uh, Do us someone, a favour, Marco. Yeah, get in there, son, and uh, put one in there for the Vuck. Now let's talk about the Vuck and the Vuck and what's ahead. Sadly, Clarky, uh, the Vuck and the Vuck playing two different teams, but at the same time. So for devotees of both the men's and women's, you will have to make a choice because they're both at 6 p.m. this Saturday, February the 3rd. The WAC take on the aforementioned Brisbane up there at Perry Park. We don't know why they're fixtured at the same time, Clarkie, I don't think there's going to ever be uh, an explanation other than just, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, listeners. Now, fixturing's hard, um, it seems. <laughs> Shit's hard, unless you have a theory there, Clarkie. Yeah. No, look, I think you talked about it a little bit before. Fixturing can be a little bit difficult. I think it plays into that timing, as you said. Um, I'm probably not going to dig in too much about uh, this uh, I but fixturing faux pas is is A-League heritage um it, it's been like that since day dots <laughs> so it's just one of the many things about this league that's fucked but is like just like we hold special to our hearts because it's it's a it's a slightly scuffed league and that's why we love it so look, it's it's unfortunate. I assume at the um, at the event, uh, our FES Patreon event, there's going to be a few mobile phones floating around with with the WAC on as well at the same time. So if you're a if you're a gadget type operator, I'm sure you can get two streams up at once. Uh, yeah. If you're at home, um, not. <laughs> Not great, it's but not, it is it's what not it the is. hill to die on, is nah, it, Clarky? Nah, um, nah. There's, there's tons there, of other problems, but this but there will be a hill ain't. over at McDonald Jones Stadium where some fans will be not literally dying, uh, but <laughs> the Vuck yeah. are going to smash Newcastle this weekend. I'm I saying it like right now, Clarky. I, I am. I'm saying it now. No Stamatolopoulos. Gee, that I love saying that. Postal I know, you, I know you should Go see on. the look in his eyes, people. I know this is an audio thing, but Dave just Dave loves the way that rolls off the tongue. It's a great name, I tell you. Uh, uh, some of some of the Greek names are 
Fantastic. That that's up there with one of my favourites. But yeah, look, we're 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 just super excited for this game for obvious reasons. Um, he's been he's been massive for them, Apostolos. Like uh, out of nowhere too. Like he's just become like he's been this A League plotter for a little while and didn't really cut through at Adelaide. And he's just taken the league by storm. He's I mean, if obviously Bruno's away, but he's he's marching up those goal scoring charts, and you know they've had um, issues that are well documented in Newcastle, and you know, he's he's doing incredibly well there. So mm. yeah, we're doubly excited because obviously our event will be for this game. Uh, Roderick Miranda is suspended, but I guess yeah, it's offset by the absence of the number one marksman in the league outside of Bruno Fornaroli at the moment, mate. Yeah, absolutely. No, he, he has had a ripper start to the season, has uh, Apostle loss. So, you know, after bouncing around, he's 24 and he's he's just found a, a good fit at Newcastle. You know, Newcastle aren't going great guns, but, um, you know, to score 10 goals in, 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 in 14 or 13-odd games, it's... Uh, that's nearly Bruno levels, really, when you think about it. Um, but yeah, look, no Miranda, but you know we've got someone like Chappers who might be able to step up and fill that role. Um, so there, there's confidence there. It's 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 not Damien De Silva. That's the good thing. Like Damien De Silva be playing. Roderick Roderick has been better. Has been better. He still hasn't been to the level that I would have hoped from that first season, but he has been slightly better. Um, so, look, it's a loss. You want your best players on the park. He is still our best, our second-best central defender, um, but it's not as dire as it might have been in previous seasons. Um, I have full confidence in someone like yeah. Chappers to come in and, and play a role. He's, he's our new Mr. Fix-It. Did you know that... Um... Apostolos Stamatolopoulos actually has a middle name as well. Apostolos Basilios Stamatolopoulos. I mean, it's one of the most, it's the greatest name what, I think I've ever heard. They ran out and of, I, and we live in Melbourne. At births, deaths, and marriages when, when, when his parents rocked up to uh, put that one down. But Archie Goodwin's there as well, mate. A young starlet of the league. They got Pace, Pace, Bahaja. I wonder if Biscopo will be back. And I'll tell you, you know who ruined us at Amy Park? Moragas. Uh, he's been playing fullback for them this season. I always thought he was a, a midfielder. But Lucas Moragas, I, I, I really like him. Um, it won't be easy, but I think we're going to do them here, Clarkie. Yeah, I like that, Dave. We need to remain positive. Like, we need to keep looking at these teams and going, right, like, we are better than you. Let's let's get it done. And this is a perfect this is a perfect opportunity to, to bounce back from some games that, you know, as I said earlier, that are missed opportunities, ones that slip by. Now, Newcastle hasn't traditionally been the happiest of hunting grounds over the whole course of the journey. But in more recent times, I think it's been much better for us. Um, so we need to go there, continuing with this positive mindset and just mm-hmm. look to dominate them from the start. We need an early goal. I think an early goal will really set the tone 
um, for a team that's still lacking Bruno Fornaroli. So I like that you think we're going to smash him. I three think nil. we're going to be 3 nil. Nice. I'm going a little bit more. I'm saying 2 nil. I'm saying a more professional away performance, but I want to completely subscribe to a 3 nil swashbuckling victory because the local Brewing Co. will be heaving with Vux if that occurs. Jesus, they're going to run out of beer, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. We're going to have to. Uh, we're going to have to uh, maybe dip in a little bit more because if if we win, the uh, the bank account might get drained. Yeah, yeah, we might need some more Patreons. Oh, that's okay. Um, How's that for panhandling? <laughs> all right, we're going to pack it up. Uh, I, I've had a big day. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, Mon the Vuck. Mon the Vuck. Fuck Carl Jenkinson. Damien.